Hey, this episode is brought to you by... Hmm, who should we do first? Let's do Chase Bliss Audio. Oh, yeah, boy! They make a bunch of stuff, but they just came out with the Thermae. Yep, it means a warm bath or hot bath. Mm. Or a, I think a, a Thermae is a warm bath that uh, you, you take with others. Like, it's a public bath. You all get in there, get all warm, you get all sudsy, you watch each other's backs. You know, it's a, it's a public event. I thought you were supposed to be promoting this pedal, not making it sound gross. <laughs> this pedal is fantastic. It'll make you feel like you're washing your friend's back in a public bath. Uh, it's a great pedal. I've been having a ton of fun with it. I really enjoyed making the demo. Go check out the demo on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's more than just a random crazy noisemaker. It's been teased for a while. They had the prototype at uh, Winter Nam. So that was, what, like six months ago? Yep. So people have known about this pedal for a long time, and they knew, like, the basis of what it could do. Like it does this like pitch shifting, like step filtery, like glidey modulation weirdness. But what people don't realize is that at its core, it's also a really freaking good rock solid analog delay. It's not just a random noise maker. It is a like tried and true, gonna be a staple on your por- on your board analog delay. And it deserves you checking it out to see those settings on it. And, of course, you can get completely weird with the Thermate. Like, so weird you can't even believe it. But the fundamentals of a really good analog delay are there in the pedal and completely accessible and easy to dial in. So, yeah, go check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Gun Street Wiring Shop. If you have an idea that you want to get wired up for your guitar, you have Gun Street. They got a lot of ideas. If you're just looking for something off the shelf, that's cool, too. Brian got his SG kind of off the shelf, and then they said, well, what about this? And then uh, they've got Telecaster, Stratocaster, Les Paul, SG. They've got some other stuff. Uh, And, of course, I'm sure they can do ideas that aren't in their always-on-the-shelf setups. Steve and I are both talking to them right now about doing some interesting setups for our Telecasters. He's got a Telecaster. I got a Telecaster. We want to get weird with them, and they're going to help us figure it out. So I'm going to do some kind of coil splitting, mega switching sort of option. Steve is going to do some sort of mega switching option. We're going to figure it all out. It's going to be a real blast off, and maybe uh, I know I'll do it. I'll do a video of the install. Maybe Steve will? I should. I mean, I'm supposed to, like, be joining the YouTube empire someday. (laughs) You think I would be able to contribute every now and again, but I don't. Yeah. Long, long, sad pause here. Just looking at Steve disapprovingly. All right. This last ad is uh, the last (laughs) ad. This last sponsor spot. uh, But not the least of our sponsors. None of our sponsors are the least. They're all great. I'd say they're all the greatest Uh, of all the sponsor um, spots. Sinusoid. Uh. This Tuesday, which is tomorrow, check out their website for Tech Flex Tuesday. That's where they basically put together a cable and Tech Flex color combo. Uh, they make a bunch of them. You can order them, and you get them at a little cheaper price than if you would have come up with the, uh, with it yourself. And that's because they're doing the work for you to be creative. Tech Flex Tuesday is like when McDonald's would release certain Beanie Babies on certain days of the week. And so people would line up to get that specific Beanie Baby. Sinusoid Cables, TechFlex Tuesday, it's the Beanie Babies of cables. How does that work, Steve? Is that a good news? That's that a good awful. One? That's terrible? That doesn't make any sense. TechFlex Tuesday, it's the Beanie Babies of cables. That didn't make it any better. 
Tech Sucks Tuesdays. It's like Beanie Babies. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you wanted to get a sinusoid cable, but you've been suffering from option paralysis the way that I get option paralysis, TechFlex Tuesday is really the solution for you. Yeah. Uh, check out their website. Look for the TechFlex special and go like, you, then all you have to decide is, yes, this looks cool or nah, that's not for me. And if it is for you, then just buy it. Tell and if it's six, not for you, check in every single Tuesday and, until uh, it is for you. Yep. And uh, tell them 60 Cycle Hum sent you because, uh, I mean, it's not like they sponsor any other podcasts out there. TechFlex Tuesday. It's like Beanie Babies. You got to catch them all. Stop, man. Stop <laughs> with the damn Beanie Babies. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm going to put the garage door down so you stop hearing those kids. Bye, kids. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, money, fixing, reviewing, playing. Did I leave something out? I said it so fast. Podcast. podcast. You didn't say podcast. Well, I know I didn't say podcast because I wanted to make sure I got all of the ink. You did it first. right, Steve. You got it all. Woo! Drinking. We need to add drinking to that. The drinking the the drinking podcast? The guitar the guitar drinking podcast? Guitar, oh, right, right, right. It doesn't right. really I, I work. Steve. Yeah, the guitar buying, the guitar selling, the guitar. Breaking the guitar, fixing the guitar, which, modding. Which Steve are we dealing with this week, Steve? Or is it Super Rich Steve or is it a different Steve? Let's just find out. Let's, let's, uh, find let's out. let the listeners decide. Let's go on a journey and find out which Steve is let's this. Let's let the listeners decide which Steve they are listening to this week. Which Steve? I'm writing that oh down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> What's new? You got anything new, Steve, since yeah, our last um, episode that we recorded a week ago? And we're definitely recording a new episode this week. Yeah, us. Uh, I recently started playing bass at church a lot again, I guess. Um, you don't sound too confident. So uh, I was playing electric guitar like a couple times a month. And uh, basically, basically. Oh, oh, you did it to yourself. Um, the guy who was playing bass for us a lot. Um, I don't know if he is. He was. I, I guess he was like thinking about leaving. I don't know if that's actually the case. Still, um, but either way, we only had one full-time bass player. And when people want to be on rotation, obviously that doesn't work. Right. So. Uh, You're back on the it bass? It's like a joke because because people, I guess people had like told our new, like, so Sam and Reggie are the names of our two new worship leaders. And I guess uh-huh. someone had told them like, oh, yes, no, Steve plays bass. Like, you should ask Steve to play bass or whatever. I don't know. Sam knows that you play bass. I know. Well, Sam, obviously Sam knows. Um and uh, actually, the first week I played bass, Sam Sam goes like, "Oh man, this feels like old times." <laughs> uh, but it was funny because like, since they came on like four or five months ago, I, I've pretty much only been playing guitar. And Reggie, you know, Reggie doesn't know me from anyone, you know, from anyone else before this. So, so I actually went up to him. I was like, "Yeah," because before he said like, "Yeah," people say like, "You like tear it up on bass," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't. Bass is just a thing, I guess." And I kind of like downplayed it so hard that I think right. he thought that like. But like you were trying to be humble, but you were so humble that it made it sound like, no, nah, I don't really do that. I guess. <laughs> um, but I, so I told him, I was like, no, man, like for real, if you need a bass player, just schedule me. Like I'll, I'll play whatever instrument you need me to play. But right now, like technically all of our bass players are multi-instrumentalists. Right. 
Which um, I think is, I like that in bass players and I like it in drummers. I like it when a drummer plays other instruments. It's good and bad, but it's tough for like scheduling because now like, so like, you know, our buddy Dave, uh-huh. um, he does, uh, he does like a week on the drums and then a week on bass and then a week on drums and then he just gets a week off and like that's his rotation. Right. So, um, so, you know, that can be tough if you're trying to like get to a stage where you're only like doing every other week. Sure. But now you're multi-instrumentalist. So like you're only doing your main instrument every other week, but you're doing like your other, in- your side instrument, like in one of your two normally off weeks. Well, it's kind of like, it's a little stretching that way. Um, but I think, I do think, you know, probably from the angle that you're coming from, like doing the multi-instrumental thing helps you. I think really tune into what other instruments are doing oh, right, when right. you're, especially when you're and not for me, on your main instrument. It really just instrument. means that the person drumming understands that I'm a sloppy wreck and I'm never going to oh, be able okay. to keep up well, with that, them. That is that. <laughs> um, the other new thing that I have is, um, I guess I could have talked about this last week, but I was talking about more recent things um, is, so I signed up for this half marathon, which everyone knows about because I've talked about it on the show before. And I ran um, Lake Miramar, which is our local reservoir. Uh-huh. Uh, and I ran Lake Miramar in a little extra because I was listening to Taylor Swift's Reputation, uh, her album that came out, um, or, I don't know, it's her most recent release. And I have to say, like, the production on that album is, like, super slick. Like, I was listening to it, and I was like, I don't, like, because it's kind of a maligned album, and she, she, there's a, like... I a, don't know anything about there's it. There's one single on it. The, the first single on it was like, what? Because it kind of came off as, like, a really weird diss track. Um, but it's one of those albums... Have you ever, like, listened to an artist and been like, this is a really good album, but this is a really bad album for this artist? Sure. Like, that's kind of how I felt about it, where I was like... If this just came out, I'd be like, if this just came out as a pop album from somebody who had no track history, I'd be like, right. be like, this is like a six out of 10, seven out of 10 album. But because it's an artist that I'm familiar with, I'm like, uh, you this, expect is like more. A, this is like a three or four. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't think that's fair to do to an artist, but uh, necessarily like, especially an artist that's intentionally going in a new direction. Um, I've definitely had artists where I felt that and I, and really, I was like, and I don't, I had no apologies because I was like, well, you're just trying to make more money now. Man, Steve like, is talking about this for sell a out. long time. I'm wondering when he's going to be done talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Go listen this to uh, Steve's Pop Music Minute. I, I'm thinking that that needs to be a segment. I have, uh, I listen to a lot of albums at work. So I w- I'm going to say, uh, Man, he's still talking. Let's about do this. Let's do this. Let's make talking about Let's this. make a new segment where uh, people. I really wish he would just stop talking about this. Where people on our Facebook group suggest albums for me to listen Man, to. I hope this doesn't become a new segment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did uh, I never, say that out loud? Ne- never mind. Never mind. <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't do this. <laughs> no, I thought it was fun, Steve. Uh, Seems like the sort of thing you should do on on YouTube. Maybe as a segment. Maybe, but like you, got, I feel like you gotta like pop music. Then you gotta like use re- images and like. I think that it would be fun to have you doing. You could even do it as a podcast, just audio, record it in your car with your phone, like do uh, like album reviews. I could do that. Yeah, I short think that would be short fun. Al- ten minute album review. Yeah, publish them as a midweek. I don't know. Mm, all right, think about it. Yeah, as, as long as I don't have to listen to them. Is oh, okay, all I'm saying. cool. 
<laughs> I mean, do you even listen to this? <laughs> I listened to the first uh, 10 or 15 minutes so I can edit it, and then I listened uh, to the last 10 minutes Okay, so I can drop in the song. What's new with you, Ryan? <laughs> What's new with me? Uh, I did that uh, demo video for the Walrus Audio Emissary a while back. You know the one that we accidentally uh, ran the sponsorships for, even though we found out after the fact that uh, they weren't ready to release it? <laughs> <laughs> so I anyway, remember that. so anyways, I've been playing around with it. I finally did my official demo of it, not just the uh, the Germany version demo of it. And I gotta say that there's things I didn't say in the demo that I want to say right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, some I've used boosts before to like boost my amps into overdrive and uh, you know tube clipping and whatnot. And something I didn't realize until after the fact when I got into post. When I was editing it in post. Every time I've tried to boost my Princeton reverb into uh, tube distortion, like I was saying, yeah, it ends up flubbing out the speaker. But because the emissary like only boosts like select frequencies, it has a bright boost that runs in parallel with a mid boost with a selectable frequency. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any flub from it. Like it just like it's a lot of brightness and a lot of mid frequency boosting against those tubes, but because there's no low end along with the boost, like the speaker just held up the whole time and it just sounded really good. And it's not something I thought about until after I did the demo. So something to think about, a little food for thought there. It makes me realize why treble boosters were such a big deal back in the day when people were just running into cranked amps all the time. Because if you just hit a crank amp with a, you know, like a boost that handles all the frequencies, then you're going to risk flubbing speakers out, I think. So maybe I learned something. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that as you're reading your phone? No, I think that's really accurate. I think like trouble boosters were really used to like punch the mix. Yeah. And, it's, and I, you know, and I, the, I think it's one of those things that it really depends on like what the band is doing and and what you're doing sonically, because like I've never really had to use for treble boosters personally, at least not the ones I've used. But I, you know, I think the emissary could be useful because I like a very like balanced boost. Sure. Again, generally, um, but I've also used a lot of of uh, the I forget what the chip is, um, but it's like the super hard on style boost, right? Right. Um, which is also like I have a Matthews Aviator that I use now. Just, uh, which is similar. And so it creates this kind of like uh, high mid uh, shine yeah. effect. Um, when you said shine, it, it instantly put that Newsboys song into my head. Oh. So are you now wondering what I got? Yeah. No, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting to think about. Like you, you hear treble booster and you hear that it's boosting a bright frequency and you think, right. like, oh, it's going to turn really brittle. But by the time you're slamming tubes with signal and pushing them into overdrive, mm-hmm. like it's, it's got the full range of signal there. Yeah. Like it's just super compressed and like kind of just fills the natural range of, of the EQ that the amp is going to do right. no matter what. But like not hitting it with extra lows retains clarity. Gotcha. Is that makes what sense. Th- is what I think is going on. So it's not like the signal is actually really bright or like really like right like high frequency laden. It's that you're using high frequencies to push volume against the amp to a level where it distorts. Yeah, and again with the emissary, like you punch through with with those extra mids if you if you need them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it it made the Princeton sound. 
a way that I never expected it would sound. Uh, and then I was stacking it with the Ibanez as well. I thought it sounded really good. I was the Ibanez, the TSA 15H. You still have that thing? Of course. It's why part of my, it's part of my main why demo I think rig you were now. you selling that? No, I'm not selling that. That's a great amp. It's a really like flat response, like pedal plot, like great pedal platform amp. I love that amp. I don't think I would use it by itself, but like using it with the Princeton is like my peanut butter and jelly. Like they gotcha. just go together. Um, another new thing is that this is the last time we'll be recording. You got two new things. If 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 you say this, you better get it done in the next. I know. Two if weeks. everything goes to plan, I have I have time. Also, we were talking about recording in a week and a half instead of two weeks. Is, are we'll you, see. We'll see. All right. Uh, um, this is a dicey prediction. Yeah. Um, if everything goes to plan, this will be the last time we're recording in the garage without filming it. Because uh, we're going to be building a completely new set in here. I, for uh, one, have no faith in our new insect overlords. <laughs> so I'm going to be losing my normal filming spot in a spare bedroom in my house because I'm having a baby. In a few months. In a few months. Uh, and so we're going to go ahead and start building the set down here. Uh, my friend Cassidy, who built those attractive cabs for me that I use in demos. I can probably do that at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, go check them out. Um, he's going to help me frame out some walls in here and we're going to start building it. So the garage is not going to be a garage anymore. It's going to be 60 cycle hum studios. Dang. Yeah. So that will be an interesting development. How much will it cost for me to rent your studio, Ryan? Uh, you, nothing for you, but if other people want to do it, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the sort of studio where other people want, will want to do is anything Grave here. Is Digger going to be part of the set? Oh, of course. We've got this, uh, like Grave Digger power wheels here in the garage, but my father-in-law gave my son for Christmas. It's very does, big and very inconvenient. Does your son ever actually get to drive it? No, not really, because it's the turning radius is too wide for it to be used in the backyard. And we have no way to get it to the closest like community right. park. Right. And, and it's too big for the sidewalk. That was my favorite. Where he's like, can I ride it to the, can I drive it to the pool? And your wife's like, the sidewalk's not big enough. There's no way. There's no way. Just let driving in the street, man. What's That's the worst what I could happen? literally would have to do. And here's the thing. I I helped him like cross the road with it because we have a cul-de-sac across yeah. the street. He like we're like trying to time it just right so cars don't come and hit us. Get it across the street to the cul-de-sac. He parks it on the curb like an adult driving a car. Then he gets out of the grave digger and runs into his friend's house across the street and disappears inside. It's like oh he only God. used this to get across the street. He didn't want to drive around the cul-de-sac. That's so that's so American. <laughs> Taking the car when he could have walked. Oh my gosh. Kids these days, millennials, am I right? Wasting precious fossil fuels. <laughs> All right, so that's what's new with me. Americans. So ho hopefully the set is all done by the time we next record next. And hopefully I'm Did you know David Bowie was afraid it. of Americans? <laughs> all right, let's I mean, uh, I mean he was also afraid of the world. Did we uh He's also the man who sold the world, isn't he? Yeah, he's afraid of the world and he sold it and uh but and he was afraid that he couldn't help it. Yeah. Um but anyway, this is a Squire Trans Fat Strat HH. That's not a very nice thing. To say that the strat is both trans. Well, I mean, if you're trans, it's, it's fine to it's say fine. it's trans. But like fat, to seems, call it fat is a fat little a rude. Little insulting. That's a little rude. I feel like the way trans is used here is also supposed to be insulting. I could be wrong. I think that's just the name of it. Oh, okay. 
I think that's just how it identifies. Sorry, Sorry. I'm riding my uh, my uh, SJW didn't we know horse here. Didn't we know someone who had one of these? Probably. They were pretty popular. $120. I don't use this one at all. Uh, I'm willing to part. These aren't rare, but hard to come by. Uh, however, the guy got it from bought it. Bought it and he an means auction. at an auction. The company that sold it used it as an accessory wall ornament. Excuse me. So it has four screw holes, two in the body and two on the neck. However, no damage was done to the truss rod. The neck is still functional. I'm willing to take trades for other instruments or electronics, cameras, lenses. Let me know what you all got. I'm all ears. Just gonna immediately call 100% BS on the truss rod not being damaged. There's no freaking way the truss rod is not damaged in this guitar. Uh, there are a bunch of holes in it, like you said, two of which go directly through the center of the neck. Yeah, so that's the one thing I don't understand is like there. I see the at least one of the body holes. I'm not seeing the other one. Look at that. Look at that right there. No, I see that. I'm saying I don't see the holes in the body. I see only one. And so the one that I do see apparently doesn't go all the way through. There's one hole in the body right which there. Which makes me think, why did these two holes in the neck need to go all the way through? <sighs> this, is, no this is bad, and whoever did this should feel bad. I don't know why I put this picture in here of the pickups. There is there is no way that the truss rod There's absolutely no way. I I would say like it says the neck is still functional. Like you you see the back of the neck and there is a hole literally through the skunk stripe where the truss rod would be yeah. right under it going through to uh, like where an inlay dot fretboard. would be yeah. through the fretboard to where an inlay dot would be. They put a screw straight through the neck and the guy's saying that there's no damage to the yeah. truss. Well, no, for what it's worth, what he says is, oh yeah, he does say no damage was done to the truss. I don't even know how you could judge that. You got to like, x-ray like, this thing to find that out. He's saying that, but I would, I feel like I would show up with my toolkit and be like, all right, let me see that truss. Yeah, rod. let's give it a twist. Let's see what happens. Let's see how free this spins. And then the other one, it's like it's not centered on the skunk stripe. It's up by the nut, but it's yeah. like there's no way it didn't clip yeah. the truss. And it this had is, to have clipped it. And this is really easy to test because you know. Um, but it looks dead center on if, the fretboard it, side of it. I would believe because this is a maple neck that it like it maybe doesn't even like need it need a truss sure. rod necessarily like to be playable. Sure. Um, but it's real easy to test, you know, throw a, get your, get your screwdriver with a socket or whatever, your socket wrench, give it, give it a couple cranks there, give it a solid quarter, quarter turn, half turn, and see if the tuning changes. And if the tuning doesn't change, then your truss rod's shot. Ryan, he wants 120 for this. What's your what's your gut instinct on the value of this guitar? If you were to buy it and to offer uh, a reasonable price for it, what, where would you go? Fifty. You'd go fifty. Yeah, I'd be under fifty. I You'd feel be like I'd under I'd, fifty. I feel like I'd be like thirty to forty. Okay. And I would be looking at it as a bucket of parts scenario, like like maybe that body is kind of salvageable. It only has like a hole or two in the back, but it would need a new neck. In my estimation, yeah. like, which is I a mean, bummer because I love the painted headstock that, that goes yeah. with this. The painted headstock on that big 70s headstock, it looks really sharp. 
It would be a bummer to put a different neck on this, but that's just what it comes down to. These, this are, these are cool guitars. These are the two-point Squire. So this is basically a, a standard series Squire with Dun Duncan-designed pickups, Yeah, which was Duncan's import line. They, they're not worth a ton, but they're okay-sounding pickups, not as... Well, I think they go back and forth. Like, I've, I've played some guitars with Duncan designs that are just sound great. But it, I think it really comes down to quality control. Like, there's well, some, well, that's some, what I mean. some like, stinkers that stink, that slip through that's that are I, just, like, kind of muddy. That's why I say, like, they're they're okay. They they're, they can be a good pickup. Um, a lot of, basically, every brand uh, that's not Epiphone that's coming out of the, you know, the East Asia manufacturing has Duncan Designs yeah, in yeah. it. If they want to claim to have like a higher-end pickup, so I'm talking about like Schecter, um, I think LTD, some of them have Duncan Designs. Obviously, in this case, we have a Squire um, that has one. Um, there's a few others that all have Duncan Design. The list is yeah. pretty long. So if you were to buy this for $50, what would you do with it? I, w I think I would just play it. You would play this guitar? Yeah. Unless that, unless those holes just prevented me, like if the neck completely fails on you or something like that, or like if the holes were just in spots that, like, I was like, nope. Well, the one on the second fret looks problematic to me. Yeah, like that looks like it would bug me. Yeah, the other one I never get that high anyway. I get that high, but I don't think the it, hole. I don't think the hole would bother me. But if it's, the yeah, it's fifteenth fret on the other. If one. the if the neck is screwed by the truss rod being destroyed, which it likely is, yep. then I would be upset by this guitar and have to change the neck on it eventually. Really, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm like for thirty bucks, which is what I would pay. I'd get two pickups that are probably fine, and I'd get a strat wiring harness and a decent bridge, and you know tuners and strap buttons and whatnot. It's a bucket of parts. That's what I see when I look at it. Do we want to tackle uh, the topic now? Yeah, this topic is um, terrible YouTube comments about ice cream. <laughs> Very specific. Uh, suggested by Emily Harris. Um, so I did that video with Nita Strauss from uh, TGU18. And uh, she happened to be eating ice cream, an ice cream cone the entire time. I, I will preface this with saying that it didn't help when you said I happened. I'm jealous to, of that ice cream yes, cone. Yes, I happened to accidentally make an off-color joke, and then I quickly corrected it when I realized what it sounded like. I don't think she caught it at all. If she's listening now and wants to say that she caught it, she. I can hope she's us. listening. I hope you converted her. I don't think she even knows we have a podcast. But anyways, yeah, I as she was showing me the ice cream, I'm like, oh man, yeah, I want ice cream. So I said. I'm jealous of that ice cream cone as yeah. she's like putting it in her mouth. Of, of course, lots of people are reading that as like a euphemism. Super phallic. And so the comments that we're getting on the video are like, I'm deleting comments like multiple times a day. I mean, for day. what it's worth, even if you hadn't said that, you no, still would have gotten the comments. I would still have gotten those comments. It's not my fault. It's the fault of these assholes watching YouTube. It's She's eating an ice cream. Let her eat an, eat an ice cream cone, people. Like... It's not a big deal. And she wasn't even like our friend Adam watched it because it's telling about all the comments we were getting. Uh, and he's like, there was nothing in that video. Like she wasn't eating. It's not like she was eating it in like a Carl's Jr. Like sexual right, commercial right. sort She's of like, just like sexual way. She's sitting there like nibbling on like the edge of it. Like 
There's nothing like sexual about she's it. She's just like being. <laughs> she, she's just being generally unprofessional, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean that as a dig because, for what it's worth, like it's funny because I saw. It, I was like, "Why is she eating that?" I'm like, oh, "You know what? It's she it's, had an, it's Ryan. You who know, cares? she had an ice cream cone. She was eating it the way everything was scheduled. She was jumping on every video. Yeah, that was yeah, available. no, I know. It's like you know, they're going to be doing this, like and and the way your stuff was formatted and the whole format of everything, like. I saw that, and if it was like a one-off video, I'd be like, "Oh, that's super unprofessional." But because it right. was like, if she showed up here to do a podcast with us or to do a video here, and it was just with us, just doing that one video, it'd be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. yeah. But because it was like a big hangout session, like for a week, it's like, yeah, of course, eat ice cream. Who cares? Some of the comments on there are just like ridiculous. They're so bad. Like, I know there was one comment. I don't know if you deleted it, but there was one comment that was like. After she got done with this guy, she moved on to the next one and had a much better time. <laughs> oh, there's some of them are just straight up like people telling me their sexual fantasies in YouTube comments. Like, why are you telling me this? This is so. My favorite was like, the, here's a here's the my thing. favorite was the one you responded to that was like the guy was like, all I know is if I was locked in a, a room full of uh, uh, amps and guitars with Nita Strauss. The this this video would have turned out a lot different, and your response was like, "Yeah, you wouldn't have touched her, the amps, and the guitars and amps wouldn't let let you touch them either." <laughs> that wasn't my response; that was someone else. Was it? I thought yeah, it was yours. I'm for it. Um, like here here's the thing that I think these people aren't thinking about. Nita isn't reading these comments. I'm the one who has to read the damn comments. <laughs> I don't want to read like your your. Your, you know, your slash fiction of what you think is going to happen if you were in the room with Nita and she's eating an ice cream cone and playing guitar. Like, it, so, Treppen, it, it's Tre- gross, people. Treppendorf.craigslist.org. What are those like? Slash misconnections. You, Nita Strauss. Me, guy watching 60 Cycle Hub YouTube video. Oh my gosh. Like the fact that it's it's obnoxious to me because I have to read these things to decide whether or not I'm going to delete these awful comments. And I, yeah, I delete them all now. I was letting them go for a couple of days. Like I want I my normal thing is to like let people embarrass themselves. Yeah, and leave it as a record. But of usually how it's awful like maybe one or two people on a video, and on this one it was just like everybody. It's like I'm there's just, people out there who just like are are YouTubing specific people just to leave sexual comments on. The videos that they're involved in. I, it gave me like the slightest pinhole like view into what like women deal with on the internet. I, I haven't watched every day. I haven't watched the Guitar Geek interview that you did. It was you and, uh-huh. and Andrew and her. I haven't watched that one yet, but I'm wondering if like I, imagine I need to the, finish watching it. I imagine the comments are all the same. Like oh, the God, same. I hope not. Oh. Two dudes and Nita Strauss in front of a camera. Like, oh, all I up. know is I want to be interviewed. I don't even want to hear you joking about the joke comments that could be coming in. You know, I'm, it's there. I'm so grossed out by it. At YouTube this point. is like, is YouTube worse than Reddit now? I think it depends on where you are That's on true. Reddit. That's true. Like, I think there's as long places. As it's not like slash, is it slash B or slash R on Reddit? That's I don't really know. Bad. I don't know. But so I'm just, like, of like, we've visited this sort of topic over the years here on the show of like, like allowing women to exist in the space without being total creeps and like what it means to have like women being professional musicians and hobby musicians and like how they 
belong in the space. And I just can't believe how extreme this is. And there's, she probably deals with this all the time. Every, oh, yeah. every like female guitarist on the internet probably deals with this all the time. And I just can't believe how bad it really got. I just can't process it because it's like these guys are trying out their pickup lines on YouTube t- towards a person who's probably never going to read the comments that they don't actually ever have a chance with. She, pro- she they was actually, probably in 20 videos at if this they, event. If they actually think they had a chance, they, they you know, they would like actually send these comments via, I don't know, Twitter or whatever. Right. Some kind of directish. And don't do that, guys. Yeah, don't. 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 Don't, but she don't, has, hit, don't hit her up. She via her publicly DMs on has Instagram. a boyfriend. Her boyfriend was there at this thing. It's not like she's available or wants to be available or is waiting for some dude on the internet to sweep her off her feet with a gross comment. Well, that's where but, the YouTube guy just says, well, that's because she hasn't met me yet. <laughs> Random YouTube guy in his mom's basement. Oh, no, it's not my mom's basement. So the, yeah, dude, because it's your grandma's basement. In the interview that Andrew and I did with her, she was telling us that some dude she met at like an event or a show or whatever, she like reached out and shook his hand and he did the... Like tickle the palm of her hand thing with what the f- with his hand while they're shaking hands like you know the thing that we did in elementary school or grade school the thing that you do to like mess with people yeah to make them feel grossed out like he did it to her and she's just like what the hell were you expecting me to do like this just I can't even like we like I said we've talked about this before like what it must be like to be like a woman in this industry but I getting the slightest pinhole view of it through one video that I've done. This is one video that I've done and it's become a daily thing of me having to deal with these assholes is just insane. I can't believe how insane it is. So I just got to say sorry to all the women out there who play guitar. I understand why you aren't as visible on the internet as everyone else can tend to be like, I get it. I'm like ready to shut down the internet myself, honestly, at this point. I feel like we should have picked a better ad for this next ad. Oh, no. I know, that's why I'm surprised you picked this one. Moving on to the next ad that Steve picked. I did not pick it. Steve picked it. We got a lot of John Stockton on this episode. Is thanks, this another thanks, John? For the, thanks for the assist, John Stockton. Uh, this ad was sent in and posted to the Facebook. He says, I'm always intrigued by the choice of photos people use to sell guitars. Thoughts? This is uh, actually, you know, the thing is, is I thought the implication here was that this person doesn't play guitar, but then like I keep looking, I'm like, no, I think this person plays guitar. Are we sure that's not an F sharp minor? Because I'm definitely seeing an F sharp minor. No, I think this person plays. But the 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 reason this photo is funny, go look at the photo. It's just the the pose of the person is very unusual. Is it because it's like a classical guitar? Like somebody says, like, oh, it's a classical guitar pose. It kind of is. I could see that, but it's like a, just a very. I think it's mostly an angle of the photo. Let's be, what this, what let's this be honest. Me of, we were a little thin this week on ads. So yeah, that's your guys' fault. Uh, we're that's we're you, the listener's fault. Scooping the bottom of the barrel here. Also, Steve picked this as his fault too. Yeah. But anyways, well, go look did at, you want me to pick the black Jaguar? No, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But anyways, did you want to talk about the classical guitar nails? I kind of did. Well, why don't you say something? Because I wanted to give you a chance to pick oh something, Steve, because I wanted to throw you a bone. Steve, I mean, it's trying to be a I kind care, friend. Man. I was trying to be a kind friend I'm to you. I'm an improvisationalist. <laughs> I work with whatever I got. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't write. <laughs> I don't write jokes, Ryan. I just thrive in the situation. Oh my gosh! And then why aren't you thriving in this situation? Because this wasn't funny. Yeah. Why did you pick it then? Because I didn't think there was anything else worth talking about. <laughs> I mean, I the- just thought this wasn't that weird, and I thought maybe you thought it was really weird, and that we would have an argument about no, it. No, no, I don't think it's. It. I just think her pose is funny, and if it was a dude posing that way, I'd think it was funny too. It rem- it reminds me of our buddy's new Instagram. Account oh. Re- resale underscore reflections. Yeah, is, I think his account. I think and so, he just yeah. he just posts pictures of people trying to take pictures of mirrors so that they, they can sell them. Yeah, on like Facebook Marketplace, and it's just like the awkwardest, weirdest photos. Do you remember Crab Core? Yeah. So there's a lot was, of that. There's if a lot there was of that. no bed in this picture, it would be crap. It would be crap. See, there you go. Now you're improv- improvisation. <laughs> I can't even say it. Yeah. It's just. This, improvisation. This is in Washington. Uh, there's a dope Darth Vader rug. I want to know how. Like, oh wow, I didn't know right, that. Three fifty for the guitar, but like, how much for that Darth Vader rug? What do you Vader think about rug? the price of that guitar? That's way too much. That's too much for that Schecter. Schecter diamond. If you're just calling a diamond series, it's not worth three fifty. Nothing diamond series is worth more than two hundred. What else is going on in this room? There's looks like there's a dinosaur toy on the bed. It's also, it's hard to tell. If this person is 16 or 46, like, yeah, or I was going to go like 56 because like there's not a clear shot of the face and the pose is just so unusual. That's like you could kind of see either a teenager who's kind of like slouching weird to be be making this pose or you could see like an older person who's just kind of like, I don't care anymore. Like, I don't know if they're sitting on a bed and there's stuffed animals on it. I'm leaning towards young, but it could be like their grandkids bed. I Mm. think it's a young person. I'm going to say young person. It's really hard to tell. Like, it's just one of these photos that just catches your eye really weird. I like uh, the comment on here. You can take pics of gear you're selling in any room in your home and even outside or in others' houses. Stop with the bedroom pics. (laughs) Which, I mean, I pray basically all of my pictures are either taken on the ottoman in my living room. Right. Or on the floor. Yeah. Or sometimes out out on my patio. That's it. I, I try to find like a blank wall with a clean floor and that's all I'm going for. So any, you any never, t- so you never take pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up. Any, anytime. Well, here's what I'll say. I'll, I don't want to be in a photo of something I'm selling. Yeah. Like anytime you do that, anytime there's a person included in a photo of a listing, it gets weird really I'm going to start doing selfies on my headstock photos where I'm just, it's the headstock and me and I'm smiling. Right. Here I am. Head, <laughs> headstock and my head. Yeah. Head for scale. Head for scale. <laughs> no, this is a genuine fender. Just look at the size of it compared to my head. <laughs> Banana for scale. <laughs> uh, let's move on to yeah, this, the next uh, topic because this one was off. This is an awful ad, Stephen. It's your fault. Okay. I mean, did you want to do the WTF? No, it's too. It's too okay. late. All right. Uh, so this this Wait, topic was suggested all, by John W. Stockton. Of again, course. yeah, dope assist, two assists in one game for John W. Stockton. Apparently, that's an inside joke that Steve is making. Yeah, I'm sure John. Things. I'm sure John W. Stockton hates it about sports. Sports, big old sports. He says, uh, "What gear do you get the cheapest of?" Uh, that's Wait, what, what I wrote down. I don't think that's. Oh, I have the actual question here. I screen right. grabbed it. Uh, what accessories or gear do you always buy the cheapest of? I'm going to add to this, and we can also do what do you never cheap out on? 
Uh, things I get the cheapest of. Um, effects pedals. I only use Behringer. <laughs> no, that's not true. Rogue, if it's available. Rogue. I buy them at Target next to Washburn the iPods. Lion by Washburn. <laughs> um, they don't keep those by the iPods. They keep them in the same row as like the splitter cables. You know, I would like, say the thing I get the cheapest of. <sighs> I haven't bought pit. It's like I don't buy guitar picks, so it's kind of like you get the cheapest of because I just like get. Whatever, try, you, whatever you get your hand. Try like to, free is the cheapest you I can go. I try to get as many of like high quality picks as I can at any given like NAM. So, okay, like I'll throw some shade. JHS, where's your gravity picks, man? I need that free swag. I think that they got that as free swag. Oh, okay. I think gravity hooked them up one year and they're like, well, we have a million picks from gravity now. Um, uh, we went to the JHS booth this last year. They did not say, have gravity picks and I was very disappointed. I will say... I will say, though, a lot of these booths have gone to the super cheap picks, and I'm not I'm not a fan of that. Like, we just got picks made. Yeah. I mean, I get that you do a ton of them and it adds up, but, you know, I think at least do the Tortex style. Right. I the, the super cheap, like, super, like, I mean, they're all plastic, but you know what I mean? Like, the plastic style. You're, what you're like, saying is if you're going to use it. and it's bendy. Like, I'm not a fan of that. At least get something that, well, like, the JHS picks are probably, like, a Fender medium. They're not, though. Maybe like, a little thinner. I don't want to dig into it too, yeah, too deep. I, I'm not. But, I'm, I mean, I get going cheaper um, for promotional materials. But, like, so, yeah, I use I use the gravities that I got for free or this satellite right now. I has, still need to do that pick shootout. Really oh, satellite has um, crazy picks right now. I'm trying to think what else I really cheap out on. Um, what about capos? You spend big money on your capos? I mean, I only, I've only bought... Like one capo. When and you did it, were you like, like, I gotta get the best? Or 20, I mean, just... 20 bucks. I usually what about go like string winders. I usually go for like what's the fastest with capos. So I usually just get like, like the Kaiser capos for that or Kaiser, however it's pronounced. I feel like I've picked up a dozen string winders over the years of going to NAM. I don't, own a, promotional I don't even ones. own a string winder right now. The only one I can ever find is the one that I bought like 15 years ago. I have this single like yellow Jim Dunlop mm. string winder. It's the only I mean, one I can ever the find. Same. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I did get a nice one at a oh, NAM okay. a couple of years ago that was really smooth. But I was thinking the other day, maybe I should invest in one of those robotic ones. You like, know what I get this cheapest? You know what I've gotten the cheapest of every time? What? It's straps. Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to say it like my favorite straps because I've bought a lot over the years are still like the first couple Ernie balls that I bought when I was a teenager. The only strap I've, I've paid for that was expensive was an ish strap. Um, it's like it's the synthetic material. It's pretty it's pretty thick. Uh-huh. I use it with one of my acoustics. And honestly, like I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it's there and I just don't want to buy another strap. Um, but like, so like I did buy a a bunch of like high end straps. I, I bought like, I think five or six of those mono. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's the mono Warsaw strap, which is a seatbelt strap. Yeah. But I bought them at like $8. I bought like five of them at $8 a piece or something like that. So the the thing I'll say about the mono straps. So even then I'm buying the cheapest thing. It's it's, cheaper than like a freaking like generic at that point. 
I'm I, I'm totally feeling you on the on the cheap straps. I think I live in that. Like every time I've bought a strap that was like more money, I've been like, ah, I don't like it. It's like it's the pattern is too fancy. It feels too thick. Like I like the thin nylon, cheap feeling straps. I, I, I live in this weird space where like, um, so my acoustic guitar strap is a. Um, yeah. Is is an ish is an ish strap. Yeah. My base straps are either just generic woven nylon, I think like maybe Planet Waves. Um or and then one of them is the seat belt uh mono strap. Uh and then my electric guitar strap is an old leather fender style. Mm. I think that's my favorite strap. Oh really? Um the leather one? Is this old Fender leather style strap. I think it's Fender, but it's a leather strap. Um, it, but the reason I love it is because it's old. And that's the strap that I got with my um, my uh, 80s Japanese Stratocaster. So it's like, I don't know mm. if that was like the same age, but it's super broken in. So even then, like when I use like new leather, when I find like the new leather straps that are the same style, which this is a style where it's like a thick single band and it's got a bunch of slots Right. Uh, on the second part where you can like adjust the length and whatever. Like um, when I see new ones, they always seem so stiff and I don't want to do the work to break them in, which is why I end up back at like cheap nylon straps. But the leather like and then the other thing is the old broken in leather is nice because it's broken in. So it still slides almost like not. It doesn't slide as much as a nylon or a seatbelt. But sometimes those slide too much. Like if you have a neck heavy guitar, um, so for example, that Eastwood bass that that we uh, that I got, that Classic Four, uh-huh. it's a little neck divey. If I used a leather strap with it, it would be fine. But I use um, just a nylon strap, so it can be a little neck divey. Um, but the flip side of that is like. I don't know, like sometimes I feel like I need to match straps to specific guitars, hmm. which with the acoustics I do, because with the acoustics, I don't want the guitar necessarily to be like super mobile. Do you, ma- do you, ma- you you're matching it for functionality, not, functionality. For, for, not for looks. Yeah. Well, here, what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, we're co- completely going outside of the realm. Of I'm the just talking about here. straps now. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Why like the, sweating so on the, much? cause you're really excited about these straps. You're just nervous about it. Like just like really intense conversation about straps and you're just beating up with sweat. Uh, what are your thoughts on like the looks of straps? Like, what do you go, f- like, what do you go for or not go for when it, like in a straps looks? Cause I have like a whole design philosophy on it, but I want to hear what you say. I don't actually think that hard about straps. I don't know. Like, I don't want stuff with designs. I just want things to be plain and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I like the wrought iron, the look of them. And the, oh, yeah. And the punch strap and whatever. But well, they're super basic. I've like, never, a simple look. And he puts, like, he punches in your initials or whatever. I feel like I should buy one. I really feel like I need to get one. Yeah. Ed does great stuff. Uh, there's, uh, what was I going to say? Um, here, Here's my, here's my, like, design thoughts on straps because you see all sorts of crazy straps out there with all kinds of crazy patterns. And I've bought straps over the years that have wild patterns on them. And I just end up not using them. Even if they match the guitar or match whatever I'm wearing, I always go for like the, like the 
the neutral colored strap, like black or gray or even white or brown. Like that's kind of where I, yeah. I like to live with no pattern on it. Yeah. The only exception is a checkerboard strap, mm-hmm. but that's just a classic, you know. I and think, it all kind of it all kind of like blends into that monochromatic thing. Yeah, Anyways. I think your shade colors are really easy. So again, black, gray, white. Yeah, I and think then brown off, like disappears. And like, brown is like so earthy. Yeah, it's leather. I think, I think like here it's brown because right, it's leather. Right. You know? Um, in, in the case of straps, brown might as well be a shade and not a color. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's here's my thing. It's like I want me as the performer to pop visually Mm -hmm. and i want the guitar as my performance tool to pop yeah i feel like when you're adding in crazy straps like Mm. with crazy designs on it it's because you're trying to like compensate for the fact that either you don't pop as a performer or your instrument doesn't pop well i think sometimes there's there's something about it that like for one reason like i know a lot of people who use like the light well i don't i won't say a lot but like i associate the lightning bolt strap with weezer so sure, when I see even someone, though it was like a classic strap before that. Was it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I associate it with Weezer. So when I see like people using it, I just assume they're like they were into Weezer. And then I sure. ask them to play Gone Fishing and they can't. And I'm very disappointed. That was a great story, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> I just feel like the strap is should be it should be kind of basic and like not grab a lot of attention. Mm. I don't like those wood bead straps. Oh, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah. I think those are too much, too much going on. But again, like that's a contextual thing. Like I'm, I would consider using those with an acoustic guitar. Maybe. I feel like it's too much. And I would consider using one of those in my Jerry Garcia grateful day cover band. (laughs) I feel like I'm imagining those wood bead straps and the only person i can imagine wearing it and like getting away with it is someone playing like a really eccentric looking like crazy curvy bass right which like is a weird that's, like that's kind of why i thought of like a five string grateful dead f- five string fretless bass right something from going, like stonefield yeah uh, <laughs> exactly uh that's like the type of personality and person yeah. that would be it's playing a total that. it's a total banton strap super banton who's banton that guy. Yeah, some guy. Uh, but anyways, uh, going to the other side of the original topic. Yeah. What is something you never cheap out on? Like, what is something that, like, you think it's worth to spend the good money on? And I don't, I'm not even talking about, like, going, like, the most expensive thing possible or highest quality thing possible. I'm talking about you just would – you're not going to go cheap. You're not going to cheap out I'm on it. I'm picky on it. At least picking. Yeah, on. you have a preference. Um, I don't know. Do you have something in mind for this? I feel, even though it's going to sound a little like like we're sellouts or whatever, or I'm a sellout, I feel like I I can't ever go back to cheap cables ever mm. again. Like sinusoid has spoiled me. Yeah, uh, I, I've got a couple cables. I've tried. I can agree with that. Just because I've I've gotten used to um, just for like pickup, right? So. Uh, I have, like, uh, I, de- I don't think I'll ever want to buy a long cable ever again that doesn't have TechFlex. Right. On it. So I've, I've got one long cable for one of my rigs is my Rainbow TechFlex. And for my other setup, I just have uh, one of my other cables. And it's really, like, weird. Like, recently I was trying to wind, uh, pick up, like, you know, do my winding on on the other cable. And I was just, like, 
fighting with it the yeah. whole time. I was like, man, like what's wrong with this? And I realized that like the tech flex is so easy to like pick up uh-huh. that like other cables, like really feel cheap, like a really cheap cables are like, what? Like, like I, how did this even get to market? Ha- like, did you start out like with all kinds of cheap cables when you first started playing? Like, I started out with like all, all the Radio Shack stuff. Like, uh, I would buy. I don't know. I'm talking like the free cable that came with like your like starter guitar amp right. combo. I'm talking like I went to Radio Shack and bought cables from Radio Shack. No, the you know the first cable that I had was um, I I used live wires for a really long time. Okay. So at least that's kind of like the the Guitar Center standard cable. Sure. Sure. And otherwise I would just use, uh, there was a brand called like spectrum, I think that a friend of mine recommended and I had one of those for a while and then it broke. Um, so I've used stuff like that, but, um, for the most part, um, no, I mean, I've never used like the cheapest cables. I've always used very like middle of the road. What about strings? I feel like, I feel like I vaguely remember you going on some sort of journey years back where you were you bought like a big lot of bulk strings yeah i you know i've done that a couple times um a few years ago um we did a secret santa at work uh-huh and oops wow i'm, I'm fiddling with stuff i made um, a noise we did a secret santa at work and part of it was we you signed up for it and you were supposed to go on uh this website because it was all done through a website and you would like pick uh, things that you're interested in. And it was like things people could order off of Amazon. Right. So the only thing that I think I picked was the Diodario 10 pack, <laughs> uh, which I got, which is perfect. Um, and so I'm still working through that, but that's, again, that's not like a very middle of the road pick. But prior to that, um, I would go to guitar center and, um, I've always been a little pickier with acoustic strings, but with electric strings, I used to go to guitar center and I would just get, um, whatever was in their bin. Like if it was like a $3 a pack deal, I would just get five packs of that. Right. Um, and to an extent, like even though I'm playing electric guitar more, I feel like gauge, I feel like there were some that like felt right. So, sure. like, um, I think I used, um, some that were just these generic tens and they felt fine. I do. I but I've also, yeah. I have used some, like, I, I guess like I have used some that literally felt dirty out of the pack and that's never comforting. The only strings I've ever played and been like, Ugh, I don't like this. Others outside of just string gauge issues have been super slinkies. Really? Or like, or regular slinkies. One of the slinkies. No, like they do- always just feel like, the metal doesn't feel good against my skin. Did you use the, uh, did you ever use the uh, D-Dario NYXLs? I do have those. I don't like them as much as I hoped. Like I, like I was using uh, the company that shall not be named <laughs> strings when I, right, right before I got some. Yeah, I'll take one. Steve's getting me a beer. Uh, and I liked their strings better than the NYXLs, like on feel basis. I don't think I, I still. Ever- I still. I bought a bulk thing of those. I still have a bunch of NYXL, so I'm going to oh, okay. end up using them. Are um, they tens? I think so. You want to try give a, pack? Me a pack? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a pack. Um, the 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 strings that when I use them, I'm like, yeah, this is my string. 
are are the Dean Markley Blue Steels. Like those, that, just, those have been your strengths, I think, since we first met. Yeah, they just feel right to me. But like the gauge that I like is super hard to find for oh, some okay. reason. So it's like I'm not going to pay eight bucks for a is pack it like of these. weird or is it just is is it like a nine and a half or something? No, it's like I forget what it is. It's like the regular tens. But like they never put them on Amazon. Like it's always like the light tens that they put on Amazon. It's a oh, different. So pack. it's like the ten to forty two instead of the ten to forty six or something. Yeah, exactly. Like I want the ten to forty six, and they put the ten to forty two up there. Like, and you can get the other. That's you can, literally what I just said. Right, but I was clarifying which way I was going. Like you made it sound like I would get the ten to forty two, and I would never get the ten that's to forty two. Because you don't. Steve. That's because you process numbers backwards. Yeah, but anyways. Uh, uh, I'm not going to pay $8 a pack for them. Right. I'm going to get whatever I can get for $5 a pack or cheaper. Yeah. Like I'm looking for, I'm still looking for deals. So it's like, yeah, I have this preference, but it's not enough for me to cross that This barrier. is why we have a cable sponsor and a wiring sponsor and a, and a pedal sponsor, but we do not have a string sponsor. Anymore, anyways. We used to have a string sponsor. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember those days yeah. when there was a string sponsor that was supplying gear? That was like, did we? Oh, yeah. But that wasn't like a paid sponsor. It was a, a hookup. I don't remember. No, I think there was a, I think there was Maybe a paid for sponsor. Like a, well, I'm saying like a full time. Right, right. It wasn't an indefinite like uh, these good, good boys All right. take care of us now. Yeah. But anyways, like. I mean, I would entertain, I think I would entertain a new string sponsor for us, but I'd want to check it out first. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, send us product and we'll talk about it. I think the string market is such a, in such a place that I don't know if we could actually do it. I've got a bunch of packs of Roto Sounds upstairs. Really? That I I got from Germany because the Roto Sound guy was there. Super nice guy. Oh, man. If I knew you were going to hang out with the Roto Sound guy, I would have had you try to get some bass strings for me oh i still could probably get some for you because uh they're the rotosound 66s are, are he had nice. a big box full of me he was handing oh, them out oh man i should i can't believe i didn't think of that i feel yeah. i feel i felt so bad on the plane ride home because i realized i didn't bring home a beer it's, for steve it's fine I, and i could have easily grabbed a bottle of beer for you um i would i was just saying on rotosound so i use drs and rotosound and the only reason i don't stick with those two brands is because Again, like it's one of those things where th- those two brands are great. They make yeah. great product. But for the most part, I get I get the strings from Carvin, mm. which I need to find out if I can even get those anymore. Yeah. Because the strings that I have on both of my bases right now, I'm not super happy with, but they're not completely dead. So I haven't like replaced them. Um, but then uh, the only reason I get the Carvins is because Carvins are made by LaBella. Which Labella is in the same class as Rotosound and DR, right? But because they're carbon branded, like OEM strings, they get they're like dirt. They're like fifteen dollars nice. for a string that would normally be like twenty five dollars. Yeah, if, if they still do that, or if they rebranded them as Kiesel now. Either way, like I just haven't been over to because it's those they're prohibitive to ship. Right. They don't do free shipping, so it's like unless I was, I mean, they probably do free shipping if I wanted to order like five packs of strings right, but five right. packs of bass strings like i would be dead before i used them all <laughs> that's not true but it's almost true yeah the guy is uh he's he's u.s based the oh, guy okay. who's there he's he's still british i think i hope i'm remembering him right i think he's still british but well, he's, Rotosound, he's in, i he's believe in, is a british company it is it is but he's like based out of colorado or something like that interesting um 
so yeah, I need to try those out. I put the super, super light set of Ernie balls on one of my airlines, mm-hmm. the, uh, the three pickup airline. And it feels like playing with human hair. There is too light. So I've been meaning to do a video where I talk about those strings and how how, how thin strings is that they're like eights. eights? Oh, they're eights. Yeah. They're super, super light. I can't stand it. What, and it, what it completely changed on? it's on the airline with three pickups. Oh, I gotta it grab com- that real quick. It completely changed the output character of it. Where it's like this is thing is just starving for yeah. output. Like I feel like I need to run it through a booster to get it to sound the way I want it to. So I'm gonna do a video where I talk about how I hate those strings and then put on a set of those roto sounds. And I'm sure they're gonna sound way better, just go they'll feel like normal strings again, but it'll be interesting to see how they feel as well. I got three packs of the roto sounds. I got the Mikey Demas set. Uh who's a guy in a band that I got to hang out with and a, uh, two other packs that were different gauges. So got to check those out. Anything else you can think of that you go cheap on or that you never go cheap on? Like what about like excess, like, like um, aftermarket parts, like, like pick guards. Are you ever going to spend big bucks on a pick guard? Like one of those uh, Spitfire ones or whatever they're called. Mm. Maybe I like those ones. I, I can't remember the brand. Maybe you remember that they're actually made up the up the coast. Um, that they do like the crazy, like they do like the surf designs. Oh yeah! Uh, uh, shoot, I forget the name of them. Uh, I like their stuff. If I had like the right guitar, I could see buying one of them. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I feel like I'm. I don't on know. The- Pick cards are tough because it's like if I really like wanted a specific design then maybe it would be worth it but i always try to go cheap on them but i feel like i'm starting to change that because a couple times i've bought like the cheapest thing i could find on ebay and it was cut wrong right and so like there's this there's this level you want to be at like you don't want to be so cheap that you're risking that that money is just wasted you know well and and so that's the thing that's tough is like i'm so like Oh, Deco Boom. That's mm, one. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. I'm so like nervous about getting a a pit guard, especially because I I own like these a lot of like funky stuff. Not even funky, but like yeah, not like so like even my Strat is a is a Japanese Strat, and there's and it's not even like a Japanese standard Strat. It's a contemporary standard, so there's no guarantees, and so all of these places will be like, oh yeah, uh, you know. Send us a send us a scanned whatever blah 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 and I'm just like it's so much effort yeah I'm like yeah. I'm just gonna in the case of that guitar I mean um, there's no reason for me to ever yeah I've that, never that, d- the pick on yeah. that one is so like beautifully cream mm-hmm. cream and old that there's no reason for me to ever swap the pick out on it but I mean like. The pick, the pick guard on my Telecaster, that body, I don't I don't know what brand that yeah. is. I've never been able to get motivated to do the, like, send us a tracing of your pick guard. Right, thing. tracing. That's the word I was trying to remember. Because I always, I know how tracing goes, and I know that there's r- room for error there. Yeah. And it always makes me feel sketchy. But then, like, they're professionals who cut pick guards, whoever you're hiring to do it. They probably I'm sure they're going to cut it right. Yeah. My concern is that I'm going to trace it exactly. wrong. That's my fear. It's like, it, you know how the pin is where it's like, is it pushing outside or is it pushing inside? Right. And it's like, is it going to be a, you know, a th- like a 64th of an inch off? 
every direction and just make it fit really weird. Right. You know? So that's what I always worry about. I've, I've thought about sending in the pick guard that I cut for my flying V and have someone else cut it for me. So I don't have to deal with it. It can be, have you ever cut pick guard? No, it's a big pain in the butt. Dude, I live in a two bedroom condo. I How know, am I going to cut know, a pick guard? I know. Um, last ad and get out of here. Yeah. This was sent in by Jamie Davis. Hashtag Jamie Davis. <laughs> yeah. You know, the popular hashtag. Uh, he's back in the inner circle. Oh, good for him. Uh, He's back. uh, In loving memory. I'm selling simply to get rid of, has some scratches and the in loving memory on it, but plays great. Want gone ASAP. I'll part with it. 200 OBO. Great starter guitar pack. Throw in strings if I can find. Uh, There's also two guitar stands in this picture and a rainbow strap uh, and a case. A rainbow strap. Hmm. That rainbow strap is the thing that's got my attention. $180. That's one of those cool older this, rainbow this straps. This looks like a washburn. It's really hard to tell from the headstock. It looks like it's got the cheapy tuners on it. Would you pay $180 for this rainbow strap? No. <laughs> um, this Russell, like under the bridge. Downtown? Uh, Is that a oh? Is that a red hot chili? Yeah, yeah. Thing? Sorry, that's too fast for me. I'm not, <laughs> I don't. I don't actually know the words um, to that song. Yeah. Uh, all I Under know the is bridge downtown. About, okay, yeah, I did not know. I don't even. I I was like thinking, I'm like, where in that song are even the words "under the bridge"? <laughs> the whole song is about being under the bridge. I know the whole song is being, but it's like about also Los Angeles and like. Well, every Red Hot Chili Peppers song is about Los Angeles. So under the bridge on the guitar. No, not some downtown. of their songs are about the state of California. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, under do we the want br- to talk about red hot, red hot chili peppers for like an hour? We'll do, just talk about do them. We? No, we don't. Yeah, uh, under the bridge of the guitar, like down on the the I've bigger. I always wondered if Anthony Kiedis is racist. Butt end of the body, he probably is. Most white people are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> we found out two episodes ago that I am. I mean. <laughs> It's just unavoidable. It's in our DNA, you know. You can't breed it out of us. <laughs> it's just genetics, you know. <laughs> so under the bridge, it's not our fault, man. We're just trying to guitar. make America great again. Oh man, we're spinning out of control here. Uh, it's this scratched into the guitar's wood with like it looks like someone did it with like a ballpoint pen where it like scratches into the body. Yeah. With like a really kind of sloppy handwriting style. It's not like someone did it nice. It says in lowing is what it looks like. No, it says loving. In loving, but it looks like lowing. Memory? Memory. Memory? I want to know who this was in loving memory to. Yeah. And why did they – this breaks my rule, by the way, because the, the text is vertical when the guitar is hung on the wall instead of when being played. So it breaks my rule for art on guitars. So this person wasn't playing guitar in loving memory of anyone. They were hanging it on the wall in loving memory. So, yeah, without knowing the brand, I can't say that this is worth 200 bucks or 180 uh, I even, think your wife's home. Even throwing in the two 
guitar stands and the case and that nice rainbow strap. Those those stands are worth like $10 a piece. And that case is worth at least five or six. So let's just call it a, a, a $150 guitar before accessories. Oh, maybe. What, sure, I see what you're saying. What guitar would you pay $150 for if you knew that this was it with that damage? That, that it said it in loving memory on it? I mean, like you could say like a crazy expensive guitar, but where's the line? Like if there was some sort of like talking meanie that normally would cost like 300 bucks, would you, would you accept the damage and pick it up? Like where's the dollar yeah. amount? Like where's the flip dollar amount? Like if, if it was new, where you would be like, yeah, I got to go pick this up because I know that maybe I can buff that out or I can just accept right, it. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I think it I can just accept this guitar and know that it's a better playing guitar than it looks. Yeah, and maybe I can buff that out and never resale it, but like maybe it at least would be playable. Right, right. Uh, in public. Um, I think, I think, you know, three, four hundred dollars talking meanie. Seagull, maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah, those I feel are like the kind of brands a, you're looking at. Like a decent Seagull. Because I'm not going to be seen outside the house playing it anyways because acoustics are boring. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe you can come up with a story about who it's in loving memory of. Who would you say it's in loving memory of, Steve? Oh, man. Probably my grandma. Your grandma? There you go. You already have a guitar that's in loving memory of her. I know. Really? You've told that's that story true. a bunch of times. I wonder what happened to her other guitar, which was a Washburn. Hmm. Should ask my dad. She probably she probably sold it. She probably gave it to someone that she thought was a better player than you. Oh, that's a that's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the look of this, like the Chrome guitar stand. I would I would I would go and buy that stand plus that strap for fifty dollars by themselves. What? <laughs> The way, the way I'm feeling on. just on a whim right now, I'd be like, yeah, I got to go get them. I like the chrome stand with the what, red hold on. rubber what, what on do it. You think is, what do you think is worth more, uh, the stand or the guitar strap? I think the strap is technically worth more, but I, you're never going to find that stand ever How would again. you feel about a chrome stand that instead of having the, the, the brown tubing? Had, I think that's red. Is I think it's red? red tubing. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's the, how would you feel if it's if, it, the, if it's just aged yellow tubing that's turned brown and crackly? I don't want it. But if it's okay. red tubing, I want it. Because I was going to say I've got a chrome stand with foam. foam Do you tubing. have a chrome stand? Yeah, with foam tubing, I'll sell it to you for twenty five dollars. Oh my gosh! And then there's just there's something about the the uh, the bendy part at the top that looks like a different like an older piece of hardware that you wouldn't see normally. I don't know. There's something charming about it. I'm getting a good vibe off of it. That stand is just catching my eye, Steve. I don't know what to say. And I like the rainbow strap. I'm surprised I don't have a rainbow strap. I just don't want people to think that I'm homosexual. Is that what happens when you wear a rainbow strap? People think you're a homosexual. No. What do they think? I mean, it depends on what kind of circle you run in. I've got a rainbow sinusoid cable and everyone thinks it looks hella dope. It does look hella dope, but it's different with a strap. I don't think it is. Hmm. I think it just depends. And on it's your not like I'm trying to say anything about homosexuals. I'm just saying I don't want to false advertise and disappoint people. <laughs> How often are you playing in places where people are going to look at your strap and think, "Huh, maybe I got a chance with that dude"? 
<laughs> well, I'm not saying no one has a chance with me, Steve. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this it's, ep- it's the end of our recording session. I'm feeling slap happy. This episode was brought to you by Gun Street Wiring Shop. Uh, we never do our sponsor spots. Yeah, we usually do them before the last ad. Who cares? Uh, if you have an idea, well, first of all, check out their site, gunstreetwiringshop.com. Uh, look at what they got. Strats, Telecasters, Les Paul, SG, Flying V. I, I don't know what their defaults are. I mean, if, it, you got a good, if you got a guitar with pickups in it, they probably got something that's going to work with it. Come yeah. Uh, go uh, shoot them an email. Say, hey, this is what I got. Uh, what can two you turntables and a microphone? Can you do a wiring harness for two turntables and a microphone? You said what I got. That's where it's at. Oh, what is what oh, I got? Oh my gosh, it's loving, dude. Loving, loving is, what you, is got. what you got. That's right. And I'm telling you guys, you need to remember that, Ryan. Remember you. that. <laughs> loving you. is what you've got. <laughs> uh, also, big thanks to Science Sword. Today is Tech Flex Tuesday. No, tomorrow is Tech Flex Tuesday, unless you're listening on a day that's I not wish that day this episode came out. Every day was Tech Flex Tuesday. Actually, the Tech Flex special runs until they run out. So yep. it's just that there's a new one every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so go check that out. Buy a cable. Tell them 60 Cycle Hum sent you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio, who just released the Therme, uh, which is an analog delay with some like. Crazy pitch shifting options. There you go. Uh, so go check that thing out. If you were like, oh, the tonal recall is cool, but like I need to get crazy. There like you the go. tonal recall already gets crazy, but the Thermae does this thing where, you know, when you rack your time knob back and forth and it like makes this outer space, like spaceship sound. Uh-huh. Now imagine instead of like, like jumping to all the notes in between, uh, we just got excited because my wife is bringing in desserts from 85 Bakery. We are going to be macking in a second. But anyways, uh, imagine instead of like sliding between notes, it would jump to actual like predefined notes. Like it would go to an octave or go to a fifth or a fourth. Right. That's what the Thermae does. It's incredible. It's like it's a really – like it, it rewires your brain musically while you're using it. I'll say that. If that's not a pitch, I don't know what it is. All right. Uh, this song was sent to us by Ed Gill. He says, I really like the pod. Wait, did so we uh, did we cover everyone? Sinus Lloyd, Chase, Chase Bliss, Bliss, Gun Street. Gun Street. Okay, we did. Just had to I make just sure. started listening to it about three months ago, and it's great to hear you two guys talk about stuff I thought I only obsessed about. Pedals, pedal trades, botched refinish jobs, mods, diluted Craigslist posters. I'm in NYC now, but I grew up in San Bernardino and Riverside counties. So I also appreciate the geography asides about parts of Southern California that aren't Los Angeles. <laughs> Screw Los Angeles. They suck. I hope it's not too soon for me to submit my band song. It's never too soon. If you guys listen to ep- one episode, this is your first episode. Do it. And you're like, I'm in a band. I want to send these guys my song because they seem like okay dudes that aren't going to scam me for a bunch of money. Um Send us your song. Like, it's super cool. Uh, we have, we are like 10 songs deep right now. Uh, but the reality is what usually happens is we run out of songs and we play like something awful off of YouTube. And then everyone freaks out and like, man, that was awful. I better send our song. So just get in the queue. It's cool. It'll get played. Trust me. We play basically anything. I'm still waiting for someone to send us. Oh, never mind. Anyway, uh, so 30 minutes of static. We're whether, waiting for 30 minutes of static. Whether you, this is your first episode or your 227th episode, it's never 
too early or too late for you to send us a song. Um, so anyway, he says, I can't touch a file. Okay, but he sent us a Dropbox, which we can work with that. Uh, the band is called Knowles, he says, and the song, song's my best effort at channeling a Randy Newman character with a Catalan bread tremolo pedal. No curses. Have a great weekend. So this was sent by Ed Gill. The band is called Knowles, and I believe the song is called Friday Before Saturday. Cool. Looking forward to hearing it. Later, guys. Bye. Down 